Brian, po- I don't know if you guys saw this, but Brian posted an article going through the entire roster, breaking the team down from a, who's a lock to make it, who's a bubble to make it, who's a long shot, who needs to step up. He went all the way 1 to 90, and four of us talked throughout the week, and we kind of put together, I don't know if we all wrote 1 to 53 down, but we kind of went through, of, we're going to kind of go through the decisions that the Seahawks are going to have to make, and the right guard one's a good it's a good way to start. Uh, we all had our thoughts on that. And what Brian was saying before is in the Green Bay model that John Schneider learned scouting from, the way they look at backups is they look, they really they don't place a high emphasis on a veteran backup. The way they look at it is would you rather have one year of a guy or f- three to four years of a younger player? And historically, that's what Ted Thompson did. John Schneider has done that here. Where if they have a choice uh, in a backup role, and it happened with Jari Evans, unfortunately, probably their biggest mistake they've made here. They typically choose the younger guy because they can get more service time out of them. That's sort of the baseball terminology. A great example. Yeah. And they that's the way they've always viewed it because they always want to remain, especially now where they're kind of in a transition. We might see that a lot. So as we go through this roster now, that's something to think about. And they're kind of they, their goal, and John's mentioned this so many times, is to stay one of the younger teams in the league. Green Bay was always like that with Ted Thompson, and that's an area where you can keep young. And Seattle's kind of gone that way in so many occasions. Um, the right tackle a couple years ago when Britt was coming out, who was that guy? Um, he's the head of the players' union now. Oh, uh, Eric, Winston. Eric Winston. Eric Winston. He was a guy that probably should have made the team. They kept a younger guy who probably didn't turn out to be any good over him. Uh, Britt ended up playing right tackle all year. He wasn't very good at it, if we're being honest. Then there's been a couple examples of that. And when we get to wide receiver, and we're going to keep bringing this up. So I think we, we talked about right guard there. So we'll we'll move to a different position. I think the most interesting position, if we're going to talk the 53, and I don't know if we want to go quarterback all the way down. Okay, well, we'll start with quarterback. We, we don't need to do much on that, right? I think it's pretty obvious. Actually, I'm here to tell you right now, our backup quarterback is not on the roster. Okay, well, I was okay. I'm wrong. Wait, 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 wait. All right, yeah. Who is it then? And yeah. I and I, I don't know who it is, but Austin Davis looked like hot garbage. That we touch- fine. <laughs> I don't know why everyone thinks this is crazy. Like, what did he do? Show me the play where he looked so awful. Uh, uh, the touchdown throw to Keenan Reynolds. That was Austin Davis. <laughs> no, that's what that's what I'm talking about. No, no, I'm saying Magoo. Magoo looked okay. Oh, oh, I'm talking – we got mixed up. Miscommunication. <laughs> I was talking about Austin Davis. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, who – like, if they're – like, Magoo looked okay. They don't need to go off the roster for that. I guess I'm not sold on him yet. Okay. I, just, I don't know who's out there. I mean, maybe they end up doing something and waiting for a cut down or something like that. Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah, actually. He might, yeah. We'll see what ends up with his situation. What about the Jets? What's what their, about the Jets? Um, they, I thought, uh, I gotta look it up. Um, yeah, so that's that, Bridgewater, that, right? They got, they got Teddy Bridgewater and they got Josh Mc, McCown's not gonna get cut, right? No, no, he's the perfect backup quarterback, right? Yeah, I haven't even looked at, at backups, but. I, I mean, somebody's going to pay Teddy, though. Like, somebody with a bigger quarterback need in Seattle is going to be willing to, to go after train. him a little bit. They might trade him. Or, they even should trade him. Yeah. RG3. 
I that sounds crazy, but like I like it. Seriously. He's looked good. So yeah. all right, maybe I'm with you. Maybe maybe uh maybe that will be uh some of the sun on the roster. I just I, I don't think Austin Davis or Magoo have done enough either to win the backup job. Well, I mean, here's here's some some fuel to the fire. Uh, reports that the Seahawks brought in Josh Johnson uh, for a look. I mean, what was not, the that, most time that dude was in the league? Yeah, that's not a good sign in that uh, any of us want Josh Johnson on the roster, but it is an indication that there's, you know, some eyes open about what they've got at the back of quarterback position and wanting to see what else might be out there. So it's possible. According to pro football reference, and this gets Stacy when players like aren't regularly on a team, but Josh Johnson hasn't been in the league since 2014. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, if they're going to make a move at quarterback, I don't know about you guys, but I'd want them to make a trait for a quarterback um, sooner rather than later, maybe after the second game, if, if they're, if, if neither backup looks capable of being a true backup this year, then, um, you know, that would be maybe the time to do it. I will say though, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, the Seahawks went some years with Josh Portis as their only backup. Is that right? Am I right about that? No, I think they always yeah. had to hurt. Yeah. They always have Tavares those times. I think Boykin was the switch. Out of oh, Boykin. Yeah, Boykin was the guy that, I mean, that guy was not a viable quarterback. No, we would have been having the same discussion that two years ago. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right, so maybe I was wrong about this being obvious. Okay, we're moving on. <laughs> okay. This is the next spot, in, I guess, on Brian's list would be running back. This becomes a very interesting one because – Okay, well, we'll start with what Brian did. Locks on this team, Carson Penny. We don't need to spend any time on them. We've talked about Penny enough. We, we all know our thoughts on him. The next three guys, and I don't know how many guys did this exercise, but I really struggled on what to do with C.J. Procise because you keep hearing these stories about how he's turned it around, the classic training camp story, and once again, he has this flaring injury before the game, and he doesn't play, and now he can't practice. I, I cut him. When my 53 and I didn't expect to do that. I thought it'd be nuts to cut him. But when I went through the whole 25 guys on offense, I kept Davis over him. I kept McKissick and I kept Trey Madden at fullback. Can you guys see a situation where they keep five running backs and a fullback? Cause they cut Fowler off the roster that Khalid Hill is hurt. So it looks like Trey Madden, if there's a fullback is going to be the fullback. So they did do that to start last year. They mm-hmm. carried six guys. And one of them was a fullback. So it's not crazy. Like they could do the exact same thing they did last year, I think, except you have Penny instead of Lacey. Well, and I guess McKissick instead of Rawls. Uh, I don't know. Or Davis instead of Rawls, I think. So, but you, you can keep six guys if they want. And I mean, we'll kind of get into this as we go through this, but like there are roster spots, there's, there's wiggle room on this team. So, like, I. I had five. I had Penny, Carson, Madden. Um, I think those are pretty solidly in. And then I think um, it's McKissick and Procise after that. But like, there are other worse players that I've had to consider keeping uh, going through this than Mike Davis. So, all right, just to jump in there for a second, um, Nathan, are you counting McKissick as a running back last year? Is that how you get to six? Uh, so last year was Carson, Lacey, Rawls. Um, 
Procise. Mike Davis. Procise. No, Davis did not make no, it. No, McKissick made the team. Out of- oh, you're right. So, and so they they, Trey Madden and who else? I think they only kept five. Um, you, uh, that's what I was wondering. They did keep McKissick, but he was they counted him essentially as a receiver. Um, oh, they did keep McKissick, and I, I counted him as a, a running back. You're right. You're right. Okay. So, yeah. So, and I mean, I don't I, – I, I get it. Like, uh, McKissick, he's a, like a, he's a weapon or whatever, but, like, he's a running back. Like, he is for sure this year a running back. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, uh, that's an interesting point. So, we got Davis, and we have Procise. Let's go around here. Do you keep all three? Do you keep two of them? And if which two, which two? Or I no, I don't think they're going to keep one of them. It's either keep all three or keep two. All right, we'll start with you, Evan. So the three were which players? Sorry, you Kizik, Davis, and Procise. I think you keep two, and uh, CG Procise's presence fully depends on if he's healthy or not. This is a very simple question to me with. CJ Procise, you know, we all remember the awakening with with C Mike a couple years ago where all the coaches were hyping him up and they're like, this is a new guy. He's going to be so good this year, blah, blah, blah. This is very simple with CJ Procise. Is he healthy or is he not healthy? Very simple. Best ability is availability. Very simple to me. What does that have to mean in terms of availability in this case? Like, he has to play the rest of the games. If he misses one game, plays two of the last three. What I mean, what what's your I, line? I need to see him in the next three preseason games, every single one. So you're cutting CJ process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I just it, it's if I am not you know I'm not disputing that he's talented. I I think he's super talented, but it's just so frustrating when he you know incurs the most minor injuries that take him out for weeks on end. And, you know, I'm not blaming him because I don't think he can control this to an extent, but it's, it, I think it just is what it is, unfortunately. Okay. How about you? How about you, Brian? Uh, actually, I think Evan's – I'm mostly aligned with Evan there. I mean, first of all, I only keep two for sure. Um, I probably have a little bit lighter and, like, a easier of a line for Procise to, to meet, a threshold for him to meet. Um you know, I really do think he needs to play this week. I think that matters. I think if he can play two out of the last three games, um, I guess I see Mike Davis as a guy. Like, I like Mike Davis. I enjoy watching him. He was a street free agent last year that nobody was interested in. He was a street free agent the year before that that nobody was interested in. I think you can cut him and put him on your practice squad, or even if he's not eligible, I think you can get someone like him. So, I don't feel this need to carve out a roster spot for Mike Davis. Um, I don't think Mike Davis is going to become the next Alex Collins. If CJ Procise, you know, is able to stay healthy, he could very well be Alex Collins or more um, if, if he's able to play. So I'm fine keeping around a player that, that shows enough. He has to actually play. Um, and, and having him as a backup, you know, like uh, I have no problems with that. Yeah, okay. Well, let's move on now, and we'll, we'll let Nathan start on the next one. I think the most interesting debate going through this exercise on offense was the wide receiver group. Historically, they've kept mostly between five and six. It was five last year. And as Brian pointed out in his article, 
the fourth and fifth receiver were basically non-factors all year. It was what Darbo and Matt uh, McCoy. Ask, yeah, your favorite. Yeah. So the, the the receiver group that we've debated a ton going into camp and early in camp, it's got some interesting names. Guys have emerged a little bit. Guys have fallen back. So Nathan, you're more of a believer in the past game. You're basically the anti Brian Schonheimer. How many how many receivers do you think they should keep, and which guys? So, I had six, and it was really. I mean, there's a couple things here. So, um, like you said, they kept five the last two years. Um, Shadi's going to run a lot of two wide set. We already saw that, right? A lot of eye form and stuff. Um, and he's also going to involve the tight ends and running backs more. Um, so they really don't need to keep more than five, even though I think five is, is cutting it pretty thin. But there's just, again, like there's roster spots where you get down to the last, you know, three, four spots, and you're just like, who am I giving this to? And so I went, I went with David Moore for that that six spot. Um, my list is Doug Tyler. I've got Jaron Brown, um, and then I went Stringfellow and Brandon Marshall. Um, Marshall is another guy that like very easily could not make this team. He has not played yet in a preseason game. I don't think did he play? He did. He did play. Okay. Well, he didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Now he's attached at the hip to Russ, and so I'm kind of thinking that he makes it. But you know, he's shown less than Terrell Owens showed, and Terrell Owens got cut. Right, different team. But and then I just went with talent on David Moore um, because this team needs talent. What about you, Evan? What's the magic number receiver, and who are the guys? I'm tempted to go six with Doug Baldwin's uncertainty with that injury. I know there's a lot of optimism about week one. Um, I'm still a little nervous about that, though. Um, but I'm leaning five. So Doug Baldwin's a lock. Tyler Lockett's a lot. Uh, a lock. Uh, Jerron Brown, Jaron Brown, whatever his name is, uh, is a lock. I think Brandon Marshall is an absolute lock. He's been running with the ones all training camp. I just... It, wh- why would he be running with the ones if, if he wasn't a lock in my mind? And then um, the fifth receiver for me is David Moore. Uh, we haven't seen anything from Darbo and he's really the, you know, really the um, controversial pick to cut, but we just haven't seen anything from him. And the only reason you'd be keeping him, you know, to win that fifth receiver spot is his draft uh, value where you selected him. I think it was a third round. Um, I'm just, I'm not about that anymore. Um, I, we need players who can contribute. David Moore had a really sweet catch along the sidelines and, uh, I, I think he has a lot of potential. So those are my five receivers. Okay. Okay. Brian, you, you brought up an interesting point. Uh, we were talking on Twitter a little yesterday also about how the bottom of their roster receivers typically go to special teams players. Mm-hmm. And Marcus Johnson's a guy you've kind of made the case for. In one area, and he's a guy that none of us have mentioned yet. I don't know how much you've seen from him in camp. He buzzed a lot early in camp, didn't show up at all in the game. I know it's only been one game. Darbo, you were kind of ahead of the curve on last year as a guy who pretty much contributed nothing. Really, he shouldn't have made the team last year. Yeah. And I don't see how he makes the team this year based on everything we're hearing, everything you're seeing. So there's also string fellow guy Nathan mentioned, Keenan Reynolds who you were high on early in camp, 
Are we missing anyone? Who who do you think are those five guys? No, I mean, I think I've got – right now I've got Johnson ahead of Moore. Um, not because I think he's a better receiver than Moore, but because – two reasons. One, I think he's been a proven special teams player in the league for Philadelphia. And um, I don't know if you guys heard – if you've heard him interviewed and, and, and the conversations with uh, Howie Roseman about it, but like Howie Roseman was like, dude, we just traded you for a pro bowler. They wanted you like for a pro bowler and Michael Bennett in return. And the Seahawks Snyder literally went after Marcus Johnson for some reason. Um, and the, the Eagles saw him as a, a rising young player in their system um and he played really he's played really well in camp i mean he's he's done fine um i don't think he's top notch but uh, you know I, I think he's a very legitimate um contender for a roster spot i have him keeping six so it ends up being both moore and johnson and, and to me it's it's string fellow that's that's kind of the question mark reynolds to me has faded quite a bit um you know so I, i'm not sure he's gonna really be in competition but that could change um over the next few few days yeah yeah that's fair i also had six um one of my bigger debates and maybe we can mock this out towards the end of the preseason when we go through that final 53 is one of the things when you're making a team is you have all the position coaches in the room and they're all fighting for that extra guy so in this situation it could be the running back coach fighting with the receiver coach to see who gets that extra body and when i did that in my head i ended up going david moore and marcus johnson over the running back and I don't know if that fits in what Schottenheimer does and the scheme, but I just thought there was too much talent to let go. And you had mentioned five running backs was enough for me, including the fullback. And I, I'm with Evan. I think Brandon Marshall has moved from a guy I didn't think had a chance to make the team coming into the preseason. He just seemed like a camp body, a guy that they've – like the the T.O. is a great example. And the way the coaches talk about him, and maybe I'm buying into too much crap, but it seems like – these guys love him. And if you follow him on Instagram at all or any of that, he's, he's really fit in nicely with Russ and he's really fit in nicely with the team. And today I know, I know Schottenheimer had an interview with Bob Condota and he was raving about Marshall and kind of the stuff he's teaching the Trey flowers and the stuff he's teaching the younger receivers. So I moved him into a lock group. I might be completely wrong about that one, but that's how I view it. So I guess to me, tight end is the next position. That's a lot like quarterback. It's pretty simple. The one question, who, if he's not ready to play, is that is that a pup situation, Brian, or do you think that? Well, he's he start on top, right? He's eligible, isn't, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I no, no, he's not. He's not. You you have to start training camp on pup. Okay, so he's and not he a pup. He did not. I, I couldn't remember that. Mm, okay, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't think he's practiced yet. I just don't know if he started. I thought he started on pup, but but I might be wrong. Um, To me, uh, he's on the NFI list. Yeah, that's interesting. So other than that kind of roster designation, it seems pretty obvious what's happening there. Disley and Vanette are going to play the majority of snaps in preseason. Those guys look like pretty decent players, and if. Dixon isn't ready to start the season. It's probably Tyrone Swoops, who's the third tight end. We made a couple nice blocks in the game, and then other than that, there's not much there. It's a bunch of camp bodies. You probably have no shot at making any 90-man roster. So I don't want to spend too much time on that. Agreed. The next question is is the interesting one, and we, we had sweet, the Sweezy debate before. 
I think the five guys on the offensive line that we've seen as the starting pretty much guys in camp, they're all locks, right? Even though all of us would probably like to find a spot for a Fetty on another team, I assume the top five guys are all locks. So the question now is, who are the backups? Is it nine guys? Is it ten guys? And if so, I have no idea because there are so many different ways you can go about this, especially with the Jamarco Jones factor. How do you structure this backup group? There's so many. I got to break in for a second. Uh, yeah. Dota just broke some news. And maybe you guys already knew this, that Rashad Penny suffered a hand injury that includes a broken finger. Oh, that was today? It just came out. Wow. Okay, so I want to see if I can read this first. Oh, my God. Yeah. Interesting. Um, doesn't necessarily, you know, broken fingers are not big deals for running backs. Um, Still uh, got to catch the ball, though. But it's, it sounds like he's going to miss some time. Um, yeah. That's okay, a bummer. Well, that changes a lot. Yeah. It seems like... Yeah, I mean, says, isn't that something where he could be ready for week two? No, he should be ready for week one on that injury. I yeah, would, so, I would, so I'm not worried about it, like, impacting the regular season. No, probably not. I mean, it depends on if it's which hand it is. Um, you know, he's got to be able to secure the football, right? Yeah. Um, that's a big deal, so... Yeah, it depends on the severity of the hand injury, but it's one to watch, and that certainly would have an impact on guys like Procise and uh, and Davis. So, well, Bob, yeah. thank you for ruining our debate. I just, <laughs> just wanted to uh, add a little bit in there that everybody gets injured, folks. Yeah, uh, the broken finger is a little better than if you had a broken hand. So, catching the ball, as Nathan said, is probably the biggest concern there. Yeah. Well, but the way that he phrased it, Condota says, suffered a hand injury that includes a broken finger. So oh, there might be more okay. to it than just a broken finger. I just have to go see Mike. Only in one hand. Can't switch. <laughs> uh, okay, offensive line, though. So I think, yeah. I think there's six just, like, clear answers. The starting five that we saw, and then fanned. I, I think fans in, uh, I, th- I don't know if there's an argument over that, but I would consider him a lock. I mean, and then for me, I went 10, and uh, my other ones were Battle, Roos. What, what was the – Battle's okay, right? He just had a – Yeah, he's of, fine. Yeah, he's got his brain knee. He should be back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Battle, Roos. Oh, we lost him. Uh, Beaver's out, Henry out, Hunt out, uh, Phillips out, and then Sweezy. But, again, this is a health thing, right? Like, is Jamarco Jones going to end up on IR? Do they So do they keep somebody extra? Or do they try to, like, if he is going to be out for a long period of time, do they try to, like, wave him and get him onto their IR right now? Um, and, and if anything like that happens, then, you know, you can see Sweetie jumping in and taking that spot. Um, also, like I said, Odiambo looked awful. Um, so he could just outright lose his job to Sweezy if, Sweezy can get back, but Sweezy has to get back out on the field. Otherwise, there's they just can't keep him, right? So um, that's where I ended up on about ten guys. Yeah, what if, did you have Jones in there? I couldn't. I couldn't remember. Yeah, I do. I just it's, it's a big wild card with what they end up deciding to do with him, whether they want to try to carry him through or what. 
I would try and carry him, honestly, if he if he can come back midway through the season. Um, I, but I absolutely agree with you. I, I'm not sure Reese makes this roster at all. The the thing that helps him is like it's uh, Roos is a, a guard, and then not a lot of other guards on the team. So again, maybe Sweezy gets healthy, and then you have Sweezy, and then you're totally fine, and then you can just cut Odiambo. But like, if Sweezy can't get right, then you're running with three guards plus some flexibility with the Fetty and stuff. So, yeah, Skylar Phillips is a guy to at least watch. There, he had a pretty bad preseason game, but I have liked what I've seen in practice from him. He's a he's a young guard and um, has actually swung the tackle at times. The question for me and why I think Odiambo is in trouble is backup center. Um, you know, I don't know that they want Ethan Posick to be their backup center um, because that means that in a game they're going to have to switch out and shift two players. Posick would have to move over from guard to center, and then they'll bring in another player to play guard. So that's why guys like Joey Hunt end up sticking around. Um, and at least that's a specific role where Odiambo is just, you know, he's just depth. So I do think Odiambo is really at risk. They did not keep a backup center starting 2017 last year. So they, they, they did go that way last year. I think, I mean, they, obviously they ended up bringing Hunt back and he's involved again, but they did just go with uh, Britt last year. Mm-hmm. I thought I had Riso Diambo not making the team as some like surprise of this exercise. And apparently all of you <laughs> did that. So that, that ruins all the fun for me. I, I, yeah, I had Bruce beating him out. Bruce can play left guard in a pinch. If you have Roos and Sweezy as your backup guards, that's pretty that's that's serviceable. It's not ideal, but you got Fan as the backup tackle. I also had battle, mostly because Jamarco Jones can't play right now. And yeah, I think that's the biggest battle right now. Well, the left, the guard the backup guard situation. I think Fan is your backup left tackle. Do you carry Isaiah Battle? Do you need a backup right tackle, or can Fan go both ways? He's I think been practicing he both ways, right? Yeah, not yet, but I think he's he's they're they're working him towards that. I think they definitely have said that they want him to get to the right tackle side as well. Yeah, I mean, to me, the real question is, is Jones and what they do there because if they decide to carry him, it's clear he's not going to be ready for week one. I mean, it, it seems like it would be a huge shock if if that. I mean, I'm I'm thinking that earliest would be maybe mid season or or you know six games in and. If they believe he can come back, then great. But they have to carry him on the week one roster in order to put him on the type of IR that allows them to bring him back later in the season. If they put him on the IR now, he's out for the year and he can't come back no matter what. So if they do that, they're basically taking a big gamble because it's a rookie. You know, He's not going to get to practice or be part of the development process. And then he might not even be able to make it back. So I have this concern that they're just going to put him on IR and say, call a redshirt year and... You know, so I, I, here, I, I've got a question. I've never gotten a clear understanding of this. Do can you put a player directly onto IR in training camp? You can, but it's a specific the, that is not a, the IR that is eligible to return during the season. Okay, so when they've done the thing where they've waived a player and then they revert back to the team's IR, they're then eligible to come off that at some point later in the year. Is that how that works? Not, not. Uh, my understanding is that that is if it's done in preseason, 
that's not the case, um, that they actually have to be on the week one roster or on the regular season roster before that. Um, so why do they waive players then, and then revert them back to their IR? What is that whole process? I don't understand it. So it's like stashing people uh, around, like the, the the cornerback they got from Detroit a few years ago that never ended up playing. Cissé. Yeah, Cissé. Like, they mm-hmm. like him. They wanted him around. Um, so they're going to when do you have to waive versus when can you put them directly on the IR? Yeah, that's a good question. Oh, that's I see what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I know. believe I believe you have you can waive someone with an injury designation and it gives the league I think if it's a, a, a not a veteran with it has to be someone in like with a certain amount of service time. Gotcha. If you waive them with an injury designation, the rest of the league gets a shot to claim them. If they go unclaimed, they revert directly to your team's injury reserve that cannot come up. They have okay. to be there for the rest of the year. So it's a service time. Though. It's a yeah. service time. I, I don't believe Jamarco Jones, if they waived him, they would not waive him. They would stash him right on the IR. Yeah. So waiving clears a roster spot. That's the difference. Putting them on IR, they go directly on IR. Wave them, gives them an opportunity to get picked up with another team in the league. So just to clarify, they recently changed the rules a couple of years ago, and I'm just reading about this. Last, so last year, two years ago, the NFL changed the IR with return designation so that you no longer have to designate the player who will get designated at the time they are placed on the list. Now teams can bring back any two players they've placed on IR at any time after the eight-week mandate. Um, yeah, they've, they've messed with the rules so much recently to make it even more confusing. <laughs> Yeah, it is super complex, but anyway, I, I think it's going to be an interesting thing to see what they do with Jones. I, I hope I hope that we get news that they're going to keep him, or that, that you know that, that they're going to like. I think he's a potentially really meaningful part of their future and on that line. And uh, it was a super big bummer that he went down. It was good news that it wasn't a break, but um, you know, them's the breaks. So uh, all right, 